3: Montana's only daily sports talk show. is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
1: I like-
0: Continuing to evolve as we, you know, do experiments with the lighting as the show opens. It's a bizarre experience watching yourself on TV while you're on TV. But we do it every day here. And thanks so much for hanging out with us while we do it. It's new on is Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as, as I watch myself here on SWX Montana Television. Appreciate y'all for being with us. Hope you're having an outstanding week. Hope you're having a great Thursday. A little dreary here in Missoula, but we still haven't seen much snow, which is actually kind of strange considering it's Halloween weekend, but uh, here over there, I always like the snow. I know a lot of people don't. Whatever. I'm here for the experience. I love the extremes. We're going to get into a ton of stuff today. All sorts of guests for you. You want to listen or watch anywhere besides 102.9 FM or SWX Montana Television, check us out on YouTube or... Head on over to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live tab, and you'll find the stream. Want to be involved in the show? You can. 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Our guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that as well. Of course, we're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, available online at nwmsrocks.com. Just a couple days left in Trucktober. That means as low as 1.99% APR financing on the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. So visit nwmsrocks.com to check out all of that. Guests, guests, guests galore. Get things started with Bobby Houck, Montana head football coach. It's our Houck highlights. We do this each and every week. Just a couple minutes before Wednesday's practice with Coach Houck. always appreciate him for giving us some time. We also have our latest Mattress Firm Steward of the Week. This week it's Joe Phillip. He's a senior soccer player at Butte High and uh, an outstanding member of his community involved in all sorts of community service. We also have not one but two prep interviews. A couple of the hottest teams in the state of Montana are the Helena High Bengals and the Great Falls High Bison when it comes to Class AA football. Hold on a high head coach, Scott Evans. He'll join us here about 4.30. And Great Falls high head coach, Mark Sampson, will join us about 5.30, about 4.45. And a thrilling match that took place uh, earlier this week. Montana went to Montana State. They knock off the Bobcats in volleyball. They earned the mainline trophy. First time the Grizzlies have ever done that. It's a new trophy. It's only been around for a couple years But Montana State has had a great volleyball program the last couple years. And uh, Allison Lawrence, the head coach of Montana, and her squad went to Bozeman and took that trophy back. So I caught up with her earlier this week. Heard from her about 445. And, of course, it is a Thursday. So we'll hear from our good friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. So jam-packed Duana is now for you. Also remember that number, 406-888-1029-1029. 888-1029 Eight 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 one zero two nine. because about 445 we also got a six pack of beer and a sandwich from warden's market don't mind if i do i wish i could i would call to win that prize every week if it was allowed for me to do it so you keep that number in mind 406-888-1029 and we'll hook you up with some goodies from warden's market here in about oh i'd say about 40 minutes Time now to dive into our Houck highlights. This is a one-on-one interview each week with Montana head coach Bobby Houck. I catch him before Wednesday's practice, and uh, it's always fun talking to Coach Houck. He's an interesting guy to uh, try to decipher and figure out what's going on, but also pretty straight shooter when it comes to the nuts and bolts of it all. So Montana hosts Southern Utah on Saturday. A couple pieces of uh, significance in this game. One, this is Southern Utah's last trip to Missoula as a Big Sky Conference member. This is Southern Utah's last game against Montana as a Big Sky Conference member. Their last game against a Montana school as a Big Sky Conference member because they do not play Montana State this year. Southern Utah is on their way out. They've only been in the Big Sky since 2012. They are moving on to the Western Athletic Conference, a league that was once the premier non-Pac-10 league in the West and then was a non-existent league because the Mountain West basically put them out of business then returned as this haphazard basketball league that featured teams like uh, in Illinois and stuff. And now all of a sudden it's re-allotted itself to then now include several transitioning members, including Southern Utah, including Dixie State, both opponents of Montana this football season, as well as Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, Lamar, a bunch of Southland teams that FCS fans are familiar with. So, um... Southern Utah's presence in the league has always been very strange because on one hand, you could say, well, it's in Utah. So regionally, it fits sort of. But it's in Cedar City, Utah, which is incredibly hard to get to. The easiest way to get there is to fly into Las Vegas and then drive about two and a half hours. Driving from any of the places uh, like Weber or even up to Pocatello or Missoula or Bozeman, tough trip. Not really a drive you want to make. Super far. So then flying-wise, though, there's no airport there. So you also have to find somewhere else to fly into. So it's been an interesting place to have a Division I school because the travel in there has been odd. So Utah also does not necessarily fit the map of Big CI Conference schools in terms of academics. Or really, I mean, I know that the, the, the world in which Schools are similar to their conference mates, so to speak, is uh, probably long gone. I mean, I don't really know how much Rutgers and Nebraska and Michigan and Penn State have to do with each other. I'm sure there's some sort of high research thing that they can all get along with. But the big sky in its iteration was state schools, the flagship state school and the flagship land grant school of each. Uh, rural state in the Big Sky, and there was like one, you know, NAU was a, a flagship, or excuse me, a charter member. That's actually not true. NAU was not a charter member of the Big Sky Conference. They joined in the 70s. But most of the original Big Sky schools were state institutions, land-grant institutions. That is not necessarily the case anymore. But there's a lot of reasons why Southern Utah has always seemed a strange fit. And I think that's why, you know, they've been in the league for ten, less than 10 years. I think we'll probably hear about as much and uh, about as much from Southern Utah, after they're out of the league <laughs> to only because they're going to still play big sky schools in non-conference action, uh, both in football, men's and women's basketball, because it still is a regional school. That's just not gonna be a requirement to go there all the time or fit them into this big sky schedules or any of that stuff. So, um, I don't know. Interesting to see that Southern Utah leaving the league, coming to town for the last time. Uh, they're a one win football team. Their only victory over Tarlington state, uh, which is a transitioning division two school. And, uh, It's been uphill sledding for them pretty much ever since then. They lost 17-9 excuse me, last week to Northern Colorado in the battle for the bottom of the Big Sky Conference. So that's the team that's coming to Missoula on Saturday. Andrew Houghton and I will break it down a little bit more uh, a little later on. But let's hear from Bobby Houck. It's our Houck Highlights presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Paul Ryan, a well-known and well-respected name in the legal world around Missoula and around the state of Montana. And he is excited to announce the expansion of his firm, To Ryan Holloway and Miller, Paul Ryan, Nate Holloway, Angie Miller all have a fierce love for the state of Montana, and they can help you with any of your legal needs, whether you're in need of personal injury, medical malpractice, criminal defense, Ryan Holloway Miller, they got you covered. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite sport to watch that's not football?
1: Mm, Winter Olympics? Mm, Winter Olympics yeah. is good. That's are you a summer Olympics guy cuz you were a track guy in college. Yeah, I, like, I like the well. Yeah, I didn't watch them this summer. But uh yeah, usually I like I grew up watching the Olympics. I like it. See, I love that track and field, man. I think good. I, I think it's one. You of know, the... they don't show enough track and field. They show a bunch of other stuff. See, I agree with this, actually. This is my thing. You don't need to watch rhythmic gymnastics.
0: See, I'm thinking they should show track all the time, though, not just the Olympics, right? Like, I would watch world championship and national championship caliber track all the time. That's one of the best sports there is to watch. I think it's, it's great. Regardless, uh, Southern Utah on the horizon. So, um, first and foremost, what do you think defines their team right now? I mean, when you watch them on film, what are some of the things that stands out?
1: Uh, You know, they're they're sound in what they do. Uh, They always have been. They always will be. They're tough. They're physical. Um, They play hard. Um, You know, that's who they are. And I I don't see any, uh, personally don't see any let up in that. I know that for uh, a long time... And they certainly won't let up here. Nobody does coming in here. It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> Absolutely, every time. Well, they have always,
0: uh, at least when they, since they've been in the league, it seems like they've had a very good strength and conditioning program. Big, strong guys. Do you still see that element in it when you watch them on film?
1: Yeah, I think generally speaking, they're a pretty mature group physically. Yes. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I think they get some returning missionaries and some of that stuff, which, which helps that cause. But, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're a strong-looking bunch.
0: Quarterback Justin Miller was uh, uh, one of the breakout guys in the spring. He caught my eye a couple times watching him in the spring. So well, what do you think of his skill set? What is challenging about him in Southern Utah's
1: offense? Well, I, I, I like their receiving core as well, yeah. and he does a good job of getting the ball to guys. Um, you know, he's an accurate thrower without a doubt. Um, he's not afraid to sit in the pocket and let it develop. I think that takes some uh, some courage, and he certainly has that. Uh, the Braxton Jones kid, the offensive tackle, he's gotten on a, a couple draft boards. I mean, he's he, yeah,
0: he's getting a little bit of attention. So uh, I know the frame is the one thing that stands out. But, I mean, as a player, do you, do you see that sort of potential in him, the fact that he is getting a lot of these you know, sort of pro accolades? Yeah, he, lo- he looks apart.
1: part. Um, I'm anxious to see him in person, frankly.
0: He's definitely a good player. Uh, defensively, uh, what do you think of their front? And uh, I know that they have the kid in the middle who's a uh, hard name
1: to pronounce but hard to miss when you watch them play football. Yeah, their defensive front's uh, the strength of their defense. their big bodies. Um, they're hard to move. They do a good job. What's next for you guys' run game? Uh, what do you guys need to do to get it uh, kicked into high gear? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, we need to... Play cleanly, you know, not uh, not miss at the point of attack, certainly. And then uh, we got to get our running backs uh, seeing it properly. If we do that, we should be successful running
0: it. Second to last home game of the year. So uh, what do you expect, or I guess uh, what would be your message to Grizz Nation to come out to this thing on Saturday?
1: Pack them in. We aren't going to be home for a few weeks. So get every uh, every seat filled, and let's have a good time Saturday. So there you go. Montana head coach Bobby Houck, part of our Hawk highlights, presented by
0: Ryan Holloway and Miller. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. This year has been so strange. I know that that is just such an exhaustive and dead, beating a dead horse thing to say. But, and I also sound like the old guy now. I remember when. Well, I remember when. There was very few just really bad teams in the Big Sky Conference. There's always going to be, for there to be really good teams, there has to be teams that aren't good. But losing games and being non-competitive are totally different to me. Cal Poly, under Tim Walsh, made the playoffs twice. They also had several, you know, two, three, four-win seasons. More often than not, though, They were like a five and six team that really had to, that you really had to prepare for, not only because of the triple option, because of the toughness and the talent that they had. I guess what I'm saying is they used to almost always be like one or two NFL hopeful type guys on almost every big sky team. There's some schools that are exceptions to that. But it's just a really, really weird time in the league right now because the only team really that I think could spring up and upset one of the top half of the league teams is Portland State. But I, I like to think that just because Davis Alexander is so good, but they haven't actually upset anybody and they haven't actually been that good this year either. And then you have the whole rest of the league where you know, Idaho State did, did, they're the only team that really did bite a team that they weren't supposed to beat. And that, that happened when they beat UC Davis and Pocatello. And who knows, maybe NAU I beat somebody in Flagstaff this year or something. But it's just really strange because I can't ever really remember a time where there was three, four, five teams in the Big Sky Conference, six teams in the Big Sky Conference. They really had no shot. Like these games every week, you only really need to monitor who Montana, Montana State, and Eastern Washington are playing. And if they're not playing each other or Weber or Sac State, there's really no competition. There's really no competition. Nothing to really monitor. So it's very strange with Southern Utah coming to town, and that's not to to um, downplay the significance of Saturday's game. We're going to be out there at pregame tailgate show. I know there's going to be 25,000-plus 20, people attending the game. All that stuff should be fun. It's always fun having a Grizz football home game, but it's just strange with Southern Utah coming to town. Uh, we're bringing now Andrew Houghton, our producer and uh, contributor here on Nuanas Now. It is ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. What's your take on this? Because it just seems like so weird. I guess there's no real... I guess the thing that uh, has eluded me is not just the fact that this is happening, but also that the why, there is no why. It doesn't seem to be a why other than it just seems to be the, the state of affairs in the league right now.
4: No, it's really difficult to diagnose. I think you're right. What I'm wondering, and this is one of my favorite takes is if this will continue with the uh, recruiting shakeup that happened in when COVID-19 hit and sort of the the added eligibility for players who are already in school, I think it's possible that we'll see that cause a bit of a trickle-down effect to where, you know, everybody's staying in school an extra year. There aren't as many spots for recruits. Do some big sky schools go out and get guys at a talent level that they don't usually have access to. I know for Idaho State in the last year, I thought that this was this was a really big opportunity for them. They went and got a couple three star kids. They got a kid out of Texas who's now their best running back as a freshman. Yeah. They got you know a couple three star secondary guys out of California. Sure. Does that blip? Or will they be able to turn it around? It, it's possible, but I think you're you're right that a lot of this has to do with not. Not the talent level or at least not the recruiting part of it. There's there's so many factors when you really think about it
0: too, because actually some of these teams took more transfers than ever because they had multiple years to hit the transfer wire. Like you look at Northern Colorado and they're littered with I mean, I was doing my first look like we do at Skyline Sports each week, highlighting you know players to watch and, and key storylines to the upcoming matchups for both the cats and the Grizz. And when Montana State was hosting Northern Colorado, I'm writing about Cassidy Woods, a former top 100 receiver recruit in the country, four-star guy who went to Washington State and washed out there. Uh, writing about you know guys that were three and four-star defensive tackles that went to the Big 12 or the Pac-10, and you know a Pac-12, I guess. And I don't know. I feel like there's just a missing element here. I think that we're seeing it across sports though too. I think that. Playing for the love of competition and competing to the end of a game and the end of a season is becoming more and more hard if you don't have ultimate aspirations, whether they're individual aspirations as a high school kid to go to college or their team aspirations to win a state championship or win a conference championship or make it to the playoffs. When those things are very clearly not within your reach, just the battle and the pride to get to 6-5, and it ain't happening. That's why I'm so interested about Southern Utah. Southern Utah's had highs. When they've been to the Big Sky Conference, made the playoffs in 2014, won the league in 2015 and 2017, they've also had lows, particularly these last couple years where they've only won six games in the last four years. But Southern Utah used to be that team where it was like, even if they didn't have all the guys, they would still fight their way to a four and seven or a five and six or a six and five. You know, the Bobcats a couple years ago were one of the, the, the bad teams, right? They were a two and six team. That team played their butts off, though. That team was a miserable matchup for other teams in the league because they had players, but also toughness. I just I think it's so interesting that there's not really sort of that middle of the road, and we've seen it like really across all levels of football.
4: Yeah, I think that's a bit of a hard take because I mean you you've watched a ton of games. I've watched a lot of Big Sky football this season. I think a lot of those lower down teams they're still trying. I mean they're still playing. That's hard. true. A team like Idaho State, you watch them. Absolutely, no. I know say he plays really hard in in Bozeman. I mean, they're they're playing hard, but I think what you're getting at it affects not. Cal Poly not, plays really hard, actually, too. Absolutely, when we saw them yeah. in Missoula earlier this season, I think what you're getting at it doesn't affect the the in game so much. I mean, you're you're fighting, you've got the competition, sure, of sure. course. What it affects is the the developmental piece, and I think that sure, might be where right, we're seeing the right. gap open up. Not That's so much in recruiting, part. not so much in effort. But just in, in, in the developmental side of it, I mean, the pace of development is accelerating in, in every sport. It's just the natural order of things. You see this especially in, in baseball, where everybody is able to throw 97 now and, and learn how to add velocity. Even if you weren't born with it, you can teach it. I think that's happening in football, too, because of the advances of sports science, the continued refinement of coaching yes. techniques, yes. etc., and if you're not keeping pace with it, you're being left behind.
0: It's so true. And also, I think that there's a great point there, too, in terms of the continuity within a program, because there's so much flexibility in where you can go and where you can go play and all that now. So if you're on a team that struggles, you can just transfer again. There's these free transfer rules. There's the portal. There's all this stuff. Montana Montana State are going to be facing some interesting decisions in their upcoming recruiting because they both have 60-plus guys that are listed as freshmen of some sort on their rosters. Like, to me, it's not a surprise that these two teams both got, you know, about 10 verbal commits early, and We haven't heard anything else since then. I know there's been a, a quiet period, but also, I don't think they're taking that many more guys because I think they want to get everybody on campus and see what they got and then decide what their roster is going to be. But on the flip side of that, the narrative around the transfer portal and these free transfer rules was that it was going to make the rich get richer— In fact, it makes the poor get poorer because if you go to Northern Colorado or you go to a place where you thought you were going to be able to turn around like that, and you can't, you're never going to turn around a program in the snap of a finger. You're not. Like, Montana State and the rebuild under Jeff Choate was totally different because that team had made the playoffs two years earlier. They had won the Big Sky three years before that. So you think a a, a fired coach in Rob Ash, not really a rebuild. That was the wrong word for it. They just had to get back on track, whereas like a rebuild – at a place like Idaho State where you haven't made the playoffs since, what, 1981? Or a place like Northern Colorado where you have never even sniffed the playoffs since moving to Division One, It's a lot harder. So I think actually the transfer rule has made the poor get poorer rather than the rich get richer.
4: It's such an interesting point because, you see, it's, it's so rare for these kids to come in, even at this level, even if you're dropping down from the FBS, so rare at this level to come in and be an impact transfer right away. Yes. And that is the picture that all of these kids, not all of these kids, but a lot of these kids have in their mind. They are coming in. They are going to be the guy. And a lot of times that doesn't happen right away. And when that doesn't happen, where's the incentive for you to work through it? To spend a year on the bench, maybe? To, to earn your place? I think that's lacking because the picture of what they're seeing when they're coming in is not the picture of what they see when they get there, even if they're dropping down a level.
0: That's such a good point, too. and And... But then it's if if you do think you're gonna if you are making recruiting promises and and like you're gonna come play right away, then what does that say about the culture of your team as well? That's a slippery slope for these coaches. You can bring all the transfers you want, but if you're guaranteeing playing time, that's not going to work well. Uh, And if you're not guaranteeing playing time, that's going to disclude you
4: from getting a bunch of guys. Absolutely, and then it's so. I mean, the transfer portal is still right there. I mean, if, if it comes in and doesn't work. These kids are going to try another school a lot of the time. We can sit here and bemoan all of this, but the fact is that this is... I I think the transfer portal is a good thing, to be fair. I think these kids having freedom a lot of the times is a really good thing, but there are these consequences that we're talking about. I just had to say that. Oh, I I totally
0: agree. Here's the thing, man. You want to know who could enter the transfer portal? Troy Anderson or Sammy Akim. You want to know who doesn't because they have great pride in their school and they love their teammates? Guys like that. So it's about the program, building a good culture that makes guys want to stay. That's that's the key portion of it. We can continue talking about this all throughout this show, tomorrow's show, and our pregame tailgate show on Saturday. But we have to take a step outside of Grizz football and Big Sky Conference football. Uh, thank you so much to Paul Ryan and Ryan Holloway and Miller for their support of Hauk Highlights coming to you each Thursday. But time now for a, another one of our favorite things around here, the Mattress Firm Student of the Week. Well, it's time now for this week's Mattress Firm Student of the Week. If you've seen these on SWX Montana Television or ABC Fox, we're usually following up with these guys a little later on because these usually run on Thursdays and Fridays on the TV. So we follow up probably the following week because a lot of times these guys, these kids, they're so busy, not guys, guys and girls, bunch of great students around the state of Montana. So this week we catch up with our Mattress Firm Student of the Week from last week joe phillip he's a senior at butte high joe pleasure having you on the show today my friend how you doing
5: good how are you thanks for having me on
0: well we are happy to have you on this is one of our favorite things we do around here highlighting some of the best students from around the state of montana and let's start with the sporting angle you just finished up your senior year with the butte high soccer team and a solid year for you i know you were a team captain so Tell us just about your life in soccer. When did you first get into the sport and when did you first know that you love the sport of soccer?
5: So this is my fourth year on high school, but I started maybe in sixth grade with um, club teams around Butte and just working my way up with the same group of guys and some co-ed teams in there too. It's just, it's been a great experience growing up with everybody and learning from the coaches that i've had it's i love it yeah
0: well what was your favorite part about your high school career playing on varsity at butte high then what did you enjoy the most what would you remember the most
5: um it definitely for high school it definitely be our bus rides there there we have we have a big speaker and we we have we have fun after games
0: I love covering college sports uh, because you get to meet so many guys from out of state and one of the funniest conversations you always have is when some of the guys like from California, Washington, whatever, playing for the Bobcats or the Grizzlies, they meet their teammates that are from Montana and they hear about these bus rides, six, seven hours on a bus, no matter what, usually at least two hours on a bus. And that sounds terrible to people that don't experience it, but it could be one of the best parts about it. Listening to the music, eating some snacks, hanging out with your buddies. Oh yeah, totally. That's what memories are made of, man. So I appreciate that you love that part of it because that was definitely a memorable part for me and a lot of guys around Montana as well. So very cool that that's the part you enjoyed the most, Joe Phillip, our mattress firm student of the week, joining us here on Nuana's now. Have there been any particular road trips this year that have been filled with some great memories for you, Joe?
5: Um, I'd say this year it's definitely when we've had to go to um, Missoula and play Big Sky. We've been able to, we were able to beat them both times this year and then i think um the most men- memorable uh, bus ride this year was when we went to when we went up to flathead and we had an overnight and we had to play glacier and flathead and we were we were able to beat um flathead but not stick it to uh, glacier but it was a fun ride
0: Well, Joe, let's talk about some of the stuff you're involved with off the soccer pitch. I know uh, you're involved in National Honor Society, involved with the Boys and Girls Club, coaching some of the youth around the uh, mining city, around Butte. So how do you keep it all together? What do you think that uh, it adds to you? And what do you like about helping out in your community?
5: Yeah, I definitely think it's good just to give back to the community that you're in and meet new people in that experience. And doing like uh, helping at the food, helping at the food bank, or um, with kids from little school or from like middle schools and down, just helping with uh, homework and uh, bringing them out to see new parts of sports and just helping out in any way you can.
0: Joe Phillip joining us, Butte High Senior, our mattress firm student of the week. And Joe, I know you've been involved in some coaching of the youth as well. So do you think that coaching younger players helps you become a better soccer player?
5: Yeah, definitely. With our we had a Butte High soccer camp this summer and getting paired up with like kindergartners, it's definitely a lot different from playing with high schoolers. But it's it's a great experience seeing how, how they think and they how they play and having to change your style up with them and learning what to do and what not to do and what works best, it definitely opens your eyes a little.
0: And you're also involved with Big Brothers and Big Sisters, so tell us a little bit more about that and how rewarding that is for you.
5: Yeah, so... Um, you get matched up with a little from... Um, from a school around, and then once a week you... Um, you go, you go to their school once a week for an hour and you get to hang out with them, talk with them, um, see what they're, see how they're doing. See how their day is just kind of be there for them, be that big brother, big sister that they need.
0: Well, as a senior, do you have any idea what you're planning for next year for college or anything like that?
5: Um, I think I might go to, um, college for something in the medical field maybe pre-vet at Bozeman. I'm still kind of figuring it out, but I'm just hoping for a good time and what comes along is going to be the best thing.
0: Well, any other plans for your senior year? Will you play any other sports or are you just going to enjoy your last year of high school there at Butte High?
5: Um, I'll probably just enjoy my senior year. I think they're, um, I might play lacrosse this winter or this fall, but then... I'm just ready for, for the winter and getting ready to ski.
0: Well, very good. Congratulations on all your accomplishments, Joe. It's our Mattress Firm Student of the Week, Joe Phillip, a Butte High senior and a great philanthropist in the Mining City, volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, as well as National Honor Society, and a great member of the Butte High soccer team as well. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations again on your award.
5: Yeah,
0: thank you. So you go, Joe Phillip. What a nice kid. Love talking to these kids, you can nominate your student of the week by going to mattress firm backslash students, mattress from mt backslash students, and they'll be giving away a sizable scholarship at the end of the academic school year to the mattress firm student of the year. Scott Evans, the head coach of the Helena High Bengals and the head coach of two future Montana Grizzlies, joins us next here on Nuanez Now. <laughs>
3: and Missoula
0: Sports Center, the state title matches in prep soccer are set, and the playoff brackets for prep football are out. Hello, I am Coulter Nuñez. In Class AA, the boys soccer playoff will have a different state title match than most of the last decade. Missoula Hellgate will make a run at its third straight state title with a match against Kalispell Glacier. After the Wolfpack ousted Bozeman 2-1 earlier this week, Hellgate defeated Bozeman in each of the last two Class AA state title matches. The AA Girls Championship match will feature Billings West, a 5-1 victor over Missoula Hellgate on Tuesday, against Bozeman Gallatin, who upset unbeaten Helena High on Tuesday 1-0. In Class A girls, Laurel will make its ninth consecutive state title match appearance in search of its third straight championship and its fifth since 2014 in a match against rival Billings Central. And in Class A boys, Whitefish is on the hunt for its ninth state title, including fourth in a row with a state title rematch against Columbia Falls, looming on Saturday. And finally, playoff brackets around high school football are set, and Class AA features four primetime showdowns Friday, including a doubleheader in the Electric City. Helena Capital plays at Great Falls CMR at 3 p.m. in Great Falls before Missoula Big Sky plays at Great Falls High at 7 p.m. Bozeman Gallatin plays its first-ever home playoff game against Helena High while Cowspell Glacier hosts Billings Senior. Missoula Sentinel, Bozeman, Billings West, and Butte all receive buys. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Shout out to Mike Smith and The Trail. He was just in the studio. we we'll send to a story on the break. He chose this song. A little Chemical Brothers for you on a Thursday. If you ever change the channel from ESPN Radio, I wouldn't suggest it, but if you do, just go one notch up on the dial to 103.3 FM The Trail. That's my go-to. I actually can't believe that I work at the radio company that owns The Trail because I love The Trail all the way from back when I was in high school. Love The Trail. Love those guys on The Trail. They are the best. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, locally owned and operated by the Missoula Broadcasting Company. We are proud to be locally owned and operated here in the Garden City. We come to you all around the great state, thanks to our partners at SWX Montana Television. High school football playoffs underway. We're catching up with coaches from across the state. Scott Evans, the head coach of one of the hottest teams in the state, Helena High, plays on Friday. In the capital city. Well, happy now. Dive into another prep extra. We're going prep heavy this week because... High school sports around the state of Montana, they're at a fever pitch. It's postseason time in pretty much every sport, including high school football. We will continue our series of interviews with coaches from across the high school football ranks. And today, for our prep extra, we are joined by Scott Evans. He's the head coach for the Helena High Bengals, a team that is one of the hottest teams down the stretch heading into the playoffs, coming off a 21-7 victory over Helena Capital. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. How you doing? Uh, oh,
3: great. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always good to talk about high school football.
0: Well, let's start with the most recent result. I think that uh, a couple of the Crosstown games across the state were uh, under a big spotlight because there were some Thursday games, and it was very cool to see uh, both the Great Falls Crosstown and the Helena Crosstown games get such a bright spotlight. And you, your team, take care of business against a really good capital team. So just take us through the evening. What did you like about it? Probably an emotional and fun night for your guys winning that Crosstown rivalry against the Bruins.
3: Yeah, it was a great game. You know, I thought our kids stepped up and— More than anything, it was great to see our senior leaders jump up and play well in their very last game against Capitol. So, you know, that's probably more of the the thing I get from it more than anything else is, you know, your big players step up in big games, and our guys did. I was proud of our guys for doing that And then you know some of the things that we did well defensively I just was I mean we were two aspects of the game very well we did special teams and defense very well and we probably could have done a little bit better offensively but we'll take what we can get when we want to win against defense like that so I'm pretty happy with what our guys did.
4: So coach that gives you four wins in a row to close the regular season just uh, how's it been being on a roll for this last month I mean how's the momentum picked up for you guys over those last four games?
3: You know the thing about it was, is we, we walked in and we thought we, you know, we played one real bad game. We we know that we played Butte we did a horrible job that game. And Coach Gray got his guys up against us and we took a whooping that day. And so, we kind of from that point on, we've kind of been rolling along. I thought we played well against Sentinel, just didn't take the opportunities the right way during that game. But overall, I just I think the kids just kind of bought into the system and started getting better week by week. And I think right now we're actually improving every day. So. I like where we're at, and I, I like that we're going into playoffs, actually, not just on a hot streak, but feeling that we're actually playing our best football right now.
0: Was there anything particular that helped you guys turn the corner, or, or was this sort of a ma- matter of stubbing your toe and, and realizing that every game in Class double is a big game?
3: Yeah, I think there's more than anything else, is our guys just, you know, they, you get high on what you're doing sometimes, and at this juncture in time, we had to figure out what we're doing the right way. and our guys kind of stepped up and our senior leader stepped up and said, Hey, we got to get some things going the right way. And I think they bought into helping each other out on the field and not being, you know, you, you sometimes get in a, a rut where you, you read your press sometimes. And that, that, that as Nick Seamus says, the rat poison out there. So we got past that. And I think our guys just bought into things that are going the right way.
0: Scott Evans joining us. He's the head coach of Helena High. The Bengals into the Class AA playoffs, four wins in a row as they enter the playoffs. And, Coach, speaking of headline makers, I know a guy that he can't really avoid the headlines because he's a very special player. It's Caden Hewitt. We've had him on this show, I believe, four times now. And an outstanding young man, very fun to talk to, very articulate and smart. He's had a lot of pressure on him as the guy who is, you know, committed to the Grizzlies, the Division I quarterback in the state, kind of the guy that has the target on his back as that premier signal caller. So I know you've been doing this for a long time, coaching high school football for a long time. What have you thought of Caden Hewitt and his ability to manage just the pressure in the spotlight that comes with all that he's accomplished?
3: You know, I got to go back to an old saying. There was a a movie out there called Cool Hand Luke years ago You know, with Paul Newman, and that's kind of the kind of guy he is. He just kind of handles things the right way and never lets the moment get too much at at him. And, you know, he just handles the pressure in a situation where it's not too big for him. And I, I love the fact that he's grown every week. You know, as a, as a leader more than anything else, his athletic talent is second to none. But his, it's his leadership and it's his ability to stay calm under pressure that has really just kind of reached him up there to a point where, you know, he's one of the best that I've had around here for sure. So I love the fact that each week I walk in and he does some amazing things. But I think it's more than anything else. He's just a good kid, just a good person to be around. So that kind of adds to the athletic ability as well.
4: Coach, going into a matchup against Gallatin this week in the first round of the state playoffs, what do you know about the Raptors? What have you done this week to prepare for them?
3: You know, it's funny. I'd, I had never even seen them before on film very often because they don't play the same guys we do. So I I didn't even go to Jersey's looked like until about a week ago, and I kind of figured that we might be playing them if things worked out the way we wanted. So I kind of broke down film the week before and got to see that they actually have a lot more uniforms in Oregon at times. I was kind of impressed by how many uniforms they have at that new school. But, Overall, you know, they got some young talent over there. I I think they passed the ball very well, and they do some things where they get their guys out in open space and make you miss, and they have a big tight end who's going to the Cats, and, you know, he's something we have to deal with for sure, and... They switch quarterbacks back and forth over the year, and we just got to kind of prepare for both quarterbacks and hope that we're in the best situation defensively. And defensively, they kind of run guys all over the place. Hunter Chandler does a good job of getting his guys in a position to blitz from different angles and slant or D line. And so we got to do a good job of making sure we take care of the inside pressure and protect our quarterback the best way possible. But they're a scrappy team. You know, they got the first year of playoffs, and we're just kind of looking forward to seeing them for the first time.
0: Well, it's interesting analyzing their program because they do have a lot of young coaches, some guys that were uh, college football players. I know J.P. Flynn and Tucker Yates, a couple guys that were standouts for the Cats are helping out over there as well. So, I mean, is is there anything you can glean from that? Can you tell the influence on that? Or I guess maybe broadly, just what do you think of sort of the influence of some of these younger coaches that are having at the AA level and across high school football period in Montana?
3: Well, you know, the thing about it is it's great to see those young coaches getting in it. You know, as a, as a guy who's been around the game for 30 years now, I, I'm so fortunate to actually see these guys coming in the game and giving back to the game. So I don't know if there's any attributes that they bring that are different than the guys that have been around for a while, but it's sure nice to get fresh blood in the system and get some guys out there who love the game and are going to give the game back to others. So that more than anything else is the best thing I got going for me is just to see the young guys taking all these programs and bringing some spirit to the game again and the game that I. I love and just seeing them giving back to the kids. So that's the best thing I see from it.
0: Scott Evans joining us. He's the head coach for Helena High. His Bengals host Gallatin Friday night, first round of the Class AA playoffs. And Coach, you mentioned that you've been an assistant and a head coach now around the AA level for a, quite some time, and you coach coached a lot of good teams, a lot of great players. What do you think of just the way that the landscape of AA has changed? In your mind, how has it changed, and, and uh, in what ways is it just different than it has been, both with the expansion of teams and the new playoff format? What do you think of just sort of the way that AA football looks now compared to maybe how it used to look?
3: Well, I think that it kind of goes back to that coaching thing. You know, the guys that I grew up with and coached with throughout the double A in the 90s and early 2000s, that crop of guys have left. And, you know, you're getting the younger coaches in there now. And so they're kind of learning their 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 backbone a little bit, learning their roots and putting them down and trying to get in a situation to set up their program. So I, I think the problem with it is for me right now is, is we gotta go do a better job probably fundamentally down at the younger levels and get those kids more interested in the game and not, you know, we watch the flashing and dance of the game and I think we gotta get back to some fundamentals and get the kids back in gear to love the game the way it's supposed to be played at times. But I, I, I think the young crop of guys coming in are doing a good job of getting the game back to the kids and Hopefully, us yes, older guys can help out with that as well. But the Double A with the, the playoff system and the way it works at times—I mean, I haven't figured out yet if the conferences are a great thing yet or not. But we'll kind of talk about that this next couple of weeks and see if that's the route we want to go. But it's kind of cool to see some changes. But at the same point in time, I, I'd like to see some of the programs that are having some trouble get back up in there. You know, see the Belgrades of the world, the Skyviews of the world, the Hellgates start getting a little bit better, so we can get a little bit more uh, parity in the league.
0: What do you think of the way that the schematics has evolved? Because, you know, thinking back, you know, to my, when I was in high school, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I, I could never imagine in my life that Butte would be running the air raid and that CMR would be running the RPO stuff. But it seems like everybody sort of has a modern influence on their offense now. So what do you think of that element?
3: You know, it, it's kind of
0: cool to see. You know, the thing about
3: it is, is what people understand it. I, I kind of look at it from my standpoint. I What I walked in with, with the Veer football back at Beaverhead County High School and then coming here with the Veer it's kind of the same way. It's just out a shotgun now. So I got it. And actually some of the stuff that we did back in the early 90s is kind of back again defensively. So I kind of feel like I can get my old playbook out sometimes and look back at it. But at the same juncture, it's cool to see some of these teams that are throwing the ball around. The tempo is what's really changed. Is the offense, they're using their athletes better and getting the tempo out there. So that's, that's definitely putting a stresser on everybody. So that's the big deal.
0: Well, as as Jeff Choate says, uh, former Montana State head coach who I know you were friends with, uh, he always said football is just like back to the future, right? You never know when you're going to be running what they were running years and years ago, like when the Wildcat took the NFL by storm. That's just the wing T, right? So it is. It's always back to the future when it comes to football
3: absolutely it's never changed and never will it's just amazing how it comes back and I agree totally with that everything that they're they're doing they're seeing it's newfangled and stuff it really is a newfangled it's just a different word on it so we'll kind of just kind of stay with that And we kind of feel like that we kind of got to one up on the guys who are inventing this new stuff that we've already seen it before
0: well, a couple more things for you, Coach. Scott Evans joining us, Hell in a High head coach. And one, you're a coach, you're a teacher, all that sort of thing, but at the beginning of the day, you're a dad. And so you're coaching your boy for the last time here. And I know you have one kid playing for the Grizz, another one, Marcus Evans, now a standout for Hell on a High that's going to be coming to the Grizz. What's the experience been like? Because you coached a lot of young men in your day, but what's it like co- coaching your sons? And how's this last ride with Marcus been this fall?
3: You know, it's been exceptional. I, I guess, you know, the cool thing about it is my relationship with my sons is very special and uh, you know it's it's one of those things that I get to uh, see every day and I, I'm, I'm fortunate to be a, be his head coach but at the same point in time he's one of our better players and he does some great things on the field and it's, it's it's an experience I guess sometimes I get the chance to watch my son on film more than I do on a field because you know as a head coach you don't get to see what your son's doing so I, I got the different spirit of the watching the film the next day and Seeing what he does on the field, and it's just special as a a dad to get in a situation where you get to see your son excel in a game that he loves, and then get be fortunate enough to go play for the Grizzlies afterwards. So it's 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 very special. I just every moment is I I just take in, you know. And as these weeks go on, it kind of gets more and more to the point where I know that I probably won't be coaching him again. So I'm taking it all in as I go.
0: Well, the finale, or at least the first uh, step for that, comes Friday night. And so a win or go home, and it's playoff mode for everybody across AA. So, Coach, what's it take? What's the mentality shift when it becomes a one-and-done situation? What's your team need to do to take care of business Friday night against Gallatin?
3: Trust the process and go through your steps and know that number one is, is every game's in a moment and you've got to take those moments on and win those crucial moments of the game and don't change what you did throughout the season. You know, you just got to keep with that process and we've been working on this for a year now so we should be able to walk in and play the game exactly like we did before and don't let the emotion take over too much and just go about our business.
0: Scott Evans, head coach of Helena High. His squad hosts the Gallatin Raptors. Friday night, Vigilante Stadium in Helena. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on ESPN Radio, and best of luck on Friday night.
3: Appreciate it, guys, and thanks again for all your coverage of high school football. It's great to hear.
0: One of the best. I love Scott Evans. No on is now ESPN Radio. A thriller at Schroyer Gym in Bozeman on Tuesday night. Montana volleyball coach Allison Lawrence joins us next.
3: Is Nuwanez now
1: on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula?
4: Buffalo soldier,
5: dreadlock like rasta. It was a buffalo soldier in the heart of
0: America, stolen from Africa. Nuwanez now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Welcome America. back. So as that rolls on, some more interviews for you. I caught up with Allison Lawrence earlier this week. She's the head coach of the Montana volleyball team. Her young squad went to Bozeman, raucous atmosphere. Schroyer Gym fully sold out for the rivalry game. The mainline trophy instituted last year as a sort of trophy between the Cats and the Grizz in volleyball. Montana State won it and kept it last year, but Montana went into Schroyer, posted a five-set victory. Here's more from Allison Lawrence. Well, busy day down the University of Montana campus. A little uh, impromptu to interview, but a very fun one because last night, a thrilling match in Bozeman between Montana Montana State uh, in the world of volleyball. So I'm down here in Allison Lawrence's office now, uh, the University of Montana volleyball coach. And coach, congratulations on a big victory. Fun to be here with you. Um, yeah. You must be feeling pretty good right now coming after a five-set rivalry win last night.
6: Yeah, it was unbelievable. And anyone who tuned in, it was, I mean, there was a moment in the fifth set where we thought we lost it and then after a challenge the match actually continued and so I think both teams went through both emotions of we just lost it to we just won it um, and vice versa so it was about as emotional and close as you could get and uh, that's kind of what you want Grizz Cat to be and what you expect it to be but it really it really came through. <laughs> what a roller
0: coaster as well because you, your team takes a 2 nothing lead in this thing and Montana State battles all the way back so that it's this tense fifth set then you think that it's over. I mean, unbelievable. But what do you think of the resilience of your of your players? Because to go through that level of high and low and then bring it back around and think the match is over but then still finish it off, yeah. pretty impressive.
6: Yeah, and that's something we've been talking about and battling with all season. And so I think incredibly proud. And we knew in order to beat a team like MSU and to go into their home gym as the underdogs, to do things against them, we were going to have to be so aggressive. And so we had to assert, assert ourselves physically, and I think we did. And every time they went on a run, we had a response. And um, I think it just, the, the moment that kind of shows that the most to me, well, there's so many moments, but one that sticks out is in the fifth after that challenge, when we kind of come back and, okay, now the match isn't actually over, it's tied, our setter, Carly, serves an ace and so, um, against a really good passing team, so to to kind of reset and then be the aggressor in that moment, um, after emotionally thinking, we we could lose this depending on what the ref sees, I just think that's, and that's a sophomore, so is really cool.
0: A packed house at Schroyer Gym as well, and that's a, one of the better volleyball that you're going to find. It's a fun one for sure, Bozeman likes to pack it out and uh, so from a volleyball perspective though how do you get prepared for that? I mean because it does have a huge influence on the game because volleyball is among if not the greatest sports when it comes to the momentum that there is.
6: Yeah. No and there's no preparing for it and we had <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there really isn't and we had I mean on the floor we had transfers and freshmen who had never experienced that COVID year we didn't go there so our sophomore class didn't experience it either so I think Preparing them a little bit, but also just knowing, hey, when we put you in that environment, it's going to pull out your best. That's why rivalries are amazing. And so um, having all of that extra energy, focus, helping you focus on just one detail at a time. Um, But there's something cool about being it being just us in a gym of screaming fans that really don't like us. Right. I think it I think it bonds you in a way that's like none other. And so I don't know, we play well there and I think um I think that's part of it and I say bring it on, you know, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> Allison Lawrence joining us here on Nuanas now. She's the head coach for the University of Montana volleyball team. They take home the mainline trophy. So tell us a little about this trophy. This is very cool that you guys sort of uh, brought a new tradition to the table and something that's going to last for a long time.
6: Yeah, Daniel and I are good friends, and we talk about making the rivalry, you know, the best it can be, but also um, just elevating volleyball as a sport in our state and wanting it to be something all families tune in for, and just to have be steeped in tradition. And so, um, football's traveling trophy is so cool, and I, you know, we wanted something that was just for volleyball, and so we talked about some ideas and some some themes we could go off of to kind of symbolize some some big. Um, important parts of what Montana is as a state and the identity of the state, and so we we settled on the railroad, um, and we found this bell, and and so it's a a bell like from the front of a train. So it's a uh, it's really cool, and it we. You know, it came in in COVID year, so it was a little bit kind of out of the blue and Mm -hmm. and happening in a non traditional year. Um, But I just, it's already, I don't know, it's been past, they've had it since it was created and so this is our first time having it and um it's special and it's a symbol and it'll be something we look at every day and it'll fuel that fire for next year we mentioned
0: coach jones daniel jones has done a great job at montana state they're rolling along how yeah. uh, they become very competitive in the big state conference compare and contrast though from a, a strategic and stylistic standpoint i mean what are the two programs like and were you guys able to take advantage of anything last night
6: yeah, I think you know they're an extremely offensive team. They're really mm-hmm. physical. Um, their left sides are, to me, the the you know besides Weber, probably the less the best left side core of any team in our conference. And so I have huge admiration for their players. And um, we knew going in that we would have to block extremely well to slow them down offensively. Um, we'd have to serve really well in order to block well, and then we'd have to play just relentless defense. Behind behind our block, and I think that showed up. We had 103 digs, which I don't know the last time that's happened. Um,
0: Is is the environment part of that? I mean, because a dig dig is uh, going as hard as you can, right? And so, I mean, do you think they were inspired by the big crowd?
6: Oh, totally. I think the environment, of it just brings out a grittiness, and it brings out another level of your game you didn't know you had, which is, again, why rivalries are the best. You just find another gear. And so, um, we knew we had to do those things. You know, we're a pretty offensive team, but they're also the one of the best blocking teams in the conference so we knew that they would block well and so to be resilient against a big block to take big swings to be physical but then to slow them down frustrate them and make them like ex- really keep extending rallies that we like that's our way in and then Grizz Cat, you just gotta go like you gotta hope that the emotions from there carry you through when it comes to,
0: to building a program, what are the elements that you need in, in the big sky conference? I think in, in football when you analyze this thing, I mean it starts with the stadiums. The Montana schools have such great stadiums, facilities. But from a volleyball perspective, what are the key factors to building up a program?
6: Yeah. I think personnel wise, you know, um, I think having a setter and a really good pin mm-hmm. <laughs> is 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 our key ingredients. Um And I think infrastructure wise, uh, volleyball is becoming a big arena sport. And Mm -hmm. so to be, to feel like, um, to have your recruits feel like and your players feel like you're playing on the big stage is really important. Um, So those are two main ingredients. And I think just attendance wise in the big sky, you know, us and Montana State are in the top four, I believe. Um, since the last time I checked. I think Greeley's up there. So I think I think just having a really exciting atmosphere in a game where there's tons of momentum swings, like you said, and um really good fan interaction and I think the the momentum for volleyball is growing in our state in such really in such cool ways. And so those are main ingredients. Um and then, and then, yeah, you, your team's got to believe in what you're doing.
0: <laughs> Allison Lawrence, Montana head volleyball coach, joining us here on Nuanez now. Uh, five matches left in the regular season, then the uh, tournament rolls around uh, that weekend that is the rivalry football weekend as well. Uh, but how do you carry the momentum from last night's win into this stretch run?
6: Yeah, I think... That win was probably worth 10 wins as far right. as just <laughs> our confidence and our ability to trust the process. And we've been a team that's been rebuilding um, for several years and then COVID hit and it felt like, okay, we're rebuilt. like there's just right. been a lot of a lot of things thrown at us and a lot of things thrown at these athletes you know everywhere. And so I think just feeling like our trust in the process is allowing it to love us back um, is is huge in the belief column and so I think the belief is there the momentum is there we're physically really capable and I think you see that in the sets where we create big leads and we also blow big leads you saw that against MSU we were up 20 to 12 um, and that's a part of our maturity that we've got to keep addressing and working on but to to just be physically the team that we can and have our mental part of the game allow us to do that consistently, I think, is is right, right where we're at. And we just got to take a step over that line and keep going.
0: Three consecutive home matches for the University of Montana coming up. They play Northern Colorado in Missoula on Saturday and then Eastern Washington and Idaho in town the following weekend. So uh, if you need something to do, put on your Halloween costume. Maybe go check out a volleyball match. I think you will have yourself a grand time. Actually, I promise that you will. Allison, congratulations on a great win. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Colter. It's so great to be here. Love catching up with Coach Lawrence. She's such a nice, kind lady, and uh, she's doing a good job. It's a hard job because it is a – a, a non-revenue sport at a football and men's basketball. I mean, a basketball men's and anyway, women's driven school. So, interesting challenges, but she's doing well. And that's a big win that Montana had at Montana State earlier this week. Hour one in the books. our two coming at you. Our good friend Carolyn, she who doesn't know sports. Plus, we got a bunch of free stuff for you. So, keep it right here, ESPN Radio